Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Have you felt like your sleep has been deteriorating over the past year? Or simply having a harder time falling or staying asleep? Today, we talk with Dr. Chuck Crew about why this is happening, what we can do to handle stress, and how to set your sleep up for success as we get closer to returning to normal after the pandemic. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Before we get into the main show today, I'd like to make a correction to a previous episode titled, Can You Control Your Dreams? Pros and Cons of Lucid Dreaming, which was published a couple of weeks ago. In that episode, I refer to actor Elliot Page by his former name, Ellen Page, and former she, her pronouns, because I was unaware of his coming out a few months ago. My sincere apologies to Elliot. We've corrected this on our website, and we'll be re-recording part of that episode to correct the oversight. Thanks for understanding. Now, onto the show for today. The days blur into one, the nights are restless, the uncertainty and burnout and isolation build up during the day, and we toss and turn, trying to let it all go at night so we can get some sleep. 10% of American adults already dealt with insomnia before the COVID-19 pandemic, and perhaps many more have been showing up in clinics or on WebMD with newly developed difficulties with sleep. Some in the sleep healthcare world have called this COVID-somnia. In other words, sleep troubles in the era of COVID. So why is this happening? Is there any hope? What can we do to help ourselves sleep better? I talked with Dr. Chuck Crew, a clinical health psychologist at the Baylor College of Medicine and Michael E. DeBakey VA Medical Center. He provides comprehensive behavioral sleep medicine services and conducts research on correlates and consequences of insomnia and chronic medical conditions. In our conversation, he provided insights on sleep changes during the COVID-19 pandemic and highlighted his favorite tips for improving sleep. So without further ado, I'm excited to share that conversation with you today. Dr. Crew is an extra special guest today because we actually know each other. We are colleagues at the Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine, where we try to, well, one of our missions anyway, is to try to get the good word out there about non-medication methods for improving sleep. So we've already talked offline a lot about pandemic sleep and all the things that go with it, but I'm very excited that he will be able to lend his expertise today to our show. So Dr. Crew, welcome to The Savvy Psychologist. Thanks, Jade. Thanks for having me. 
you're the perfect person to talk to about pandemic sleep because you are actually the lead author on our society's position paper about this earlier on in the pandemic in 2020. And this paper was titled The Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine COVID-19 Task Force Objectives and Summary Recommendations for Managing Sleep During a Pandemic, which is a long mouthful, but basically it says those of us at SBSM, here's what we think would be helpful for uh, pandemic sleep. And you were the lead author on that. So let me just start out by asking you, how has the pandemic affected people's sleep? What have recent studies shown? What have you noticed in the clinic? Can you just give us a brief overview of how sleep has changed for people? Sure. No, it's a great question. I guess the one thing I would say is how hasn't sleep been you know, changed by the pandemic. I think that in a lot of ways, um, I know personally, I sleep very different now than I did, you know, back in, in 2020, you know, the beginning part of the year. So recent studies have really demonstrated that in a lot of ways that just stress, like global stress has increased. And obviously under a lot of stress, right, sleep kind of goes um, in the backseat. It happens less because we're focused on other things, right? We're supposed to be focused on the thing in front of us, the stressor, right? And so in a lot of ways, because stress is so much more prominent, what we know is that, you know, sleep is kind of taking less. We're getting less sleep. We're spending uh, more time focused on the things like, uh, you know, is our family going to be safe, right? Um, We're managing um, a lot more in terms of responsibilities, filling several roles. We've got parents, we've got jobs, we've got trying to work from home in a lot of cases or required to work actually extra hours. And so in all these ways, right, we're kind of being pulled in different directions. For that reason, stress has increased. And, you know, what we know is that sleep overall and psychological distress symptoms of anxiety and depression and other aspects are also increased, which obviously have an effect on sleep. Yeah. So it's almost like because sleep is designed to be kind of uh, stretchy and adaptive, when something else pops up that's more important than sleep, or at least our bodies think that they're more important than sleep, then sleep takes a back seat. Because if there's a saber tooth tiger on the horizon, we're not going to be sleeping. We're going to be fired up and ready to run or ready to fight. So it's almost like the pandemic is just a perpetual saber-toothed tiger on the horizon, kind of putting us on edge so we're not sleeping as much and as well. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, precisely. And I love that analogy. One thing that we know is, you know, just like stress in general, all right, it's like an override switch in a lot of ways. It really just takes the front seat. And sleep, obviously, is one of those things that goes in the back. Another reason why we, we tend to see a lot of um, sleep issues that have been cropping up during the pandemic is because those things that are taking a backseat are actually important for sleep and just other areas of health. So we think about like diet and exercise, right? A lot of people aren't necessarily eating as well as they did before exercising as much, at least initially in the pandemic, right? Spending a lot more time indoors. And we know that like sunlight exposure is critical, right? Sunlight exposure, physical activity are critical for establishing those, those routines with sleep. And so oftentimes in those cases too, um, we tend to see sleep kind of drift or, or become less reliable. In those circumstances, oftentimes that can create stress, additional stress, which, you know, initially it's stress that the person's responding to, to start with, but then eventually it's stress created by the sleep issue itself, right? And trying to solve that. And so it's this perpetual cycle that oftentimes uh, when we see it, it can be really hard to know, you know, where do I intervene, right? Where do I jump in so that I can correct things and get things back on course? And a lot of folks don't necessarily understand the best way to do that. So it sounds like we might fall into a vicious cycle where the more stressed we are, because understandably pandemic everything, 
is making our behaviors change. Like we're not keeping steady schedules as much. We're maybe not exercising or eating as well. And we're maybe not getting social or other sort of emotional supports that we used to have. And that's causing more stress and that's leading to worse sleep. And so it's just keep on, keep on going like this in a bad cycle. Yeah, it's a it's a huge, you know, negative feedback loop that just really it's it's hard to know where to really jump in or where to course correct in a lot of ways. And for some folks, they're just focused on either getting sleep tonight or, you know, just trying to make it through the day, right? To feed their family and to to remain safe. And so oftentimes the critical kind of um, steps that we might need to take to get sleep back on track aren't able to occur mostly because, you know, it's just tunnel vision, right? We're just trying to to make it through the day safely. And in a lot of ways, um, there hasn't really been a chance to, to hit the reset button and for some folks to be able to get their sleep back on track. So when you talk about hitting the reset button, or getting sleep back on track, what are some of the most basic or fundamental things that we should do, setting aside for a moment that we might not be able to do all of these things perfectly? What ideally would you do if you could? Sure. Well, sleep is one of these these um, sort of episodic events, right, that happen at the end of the day under the right circumstances, right? As we mentioned, stress, so being more relaxed in the absence of that. So making sure that your folks are taking time to actually allow for sleep to occur, right? If we're go, go, go up until, you know, we want to crash at the end of the day, probably not going to do so successfully, right? If you're going 80 miles an hour down the highway, right, and you get to your exit and continue going 80 miles an hour, you're probably not going to make it home in one piece. And so allowing some time to wind down at the end of the day is super uh, critical um, and important. Um, Another thing is we talked about sort of that routine, right? Having a set window set aside for sleep. Um, trying to go to bed around the same time, but definitely getting up at the same time each morning. And that's actually the piece that a lot of folks kind of do in reverse, right? They spend a lot of focus trying to get into um, a routine where they're going to bed around the same time, but they may not necessarily be ready for sleep at that time. And so for that reason, we do see a lot of insomnia that tends to pop up. And that would be times that you'd like to be asleep and you're not sleeping, maybe because your body's not ready for it. So what we actually recommend is just getting up at the same time every morning at the same time, start your routine, be active, get some food in your system, you know, get outside, take a walk, get some sunshine, right? And really establish kind of a a regimen that way. And honestly, sleep will fill in eventually. If you have the same routine and you're active, kind of going through the same motions during the day, then sleep will have to occur because by, by definition, right, it's kind of a consequence, of, you know, the things that we're supposed to, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's very inconvenient in a lot of ways, sleep itself, right? And if it wasn't important, right, what's the point? Sleep is kind of the the end result of everything that we do during the day. And as long as we are staying active and being social, as you mentioned, and really kind of earning sleep, then it will eventually uh, continue to occur naturally like it's supposed to. I really like a couple of really important points I think that you had in there. One is instead of focusing all on the bedtime and going to bed at the same time, you're saying we should get up at the same time. And I like that because getting up at the same time, it might be hard to begin with, but at least that's something we can control. Like we can set an alarm. We can force ourselves to get boots on the ground by let's say 7 a.m. But falling asleep at the same time might not happen. Like we can't really force it if our body is not ready. So you're saying use the morning end to get consistent and then the, maybe the evening end will kind of fall into line after a while. Would that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. And I think that this is a really important 
point to consider when we're talking about how sleep might have actually improved during the pandemic. When you think about all the demands that we had, you know, prior to the shutdown, right? It's that we had to be go, go, go. We had to drop kids off at school. Then we had to drive to work and then we had to wait in traffic. And there was just all of these additional sort of time sucks in a lot of ways that we don't necessarily have to deal with as much anymore because maybe we have the chance to work from home or there's more flexibility on maybe only doing that a couple days a week. And so for that reason, some folks are actually able to, to get a little extra sleep. Right? So that time that we might have to get up gets to be a little bit later and there aren't as many demands on it. So in a lot of ways, especially when we see children sleep and we also see adults sleep, that they are able to get some more hours of sleep overall. And again, if we're chasing this early bedtime, we might lose out on the fact that we can actually sleep in. And so if we're going to bed a little bit later when our bodies naturally are telling us it's time to go to sleep, then we might find that we're actually able to get more restful and restorative sleep that night. Yeah, that's so true. I actually, I have um, a brother who's a teenager and he's been able to sleep in more in the mornings and everybody in the family is happier and just there are fewer fights. <laughs> it's just wonderful because, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a silver lining. I mean, there are very few of these in this pandemic, but this might be one of them for people who are able to take advantage. So teenagers might be one group that's benefiting a little bit. Um, so you're saying go with your body's rhythm, kind of figure out if you might be a little bit more of a late sleeper. And if you can pull that off with work, go with your body, work with it instead of against it. See if you can sleep in a little bit more um, and be consistent on the morning end. Oh, definitely. Boots on the ground, get up and get active. So maybe you're getting up around the same time, but you're using more proactively using your mornings to engage in, you know, activities that we know are more supportive of, of healthy sleep. And that can also include, you know, make yourself a healthy, well-balanced meal, things like that. Like think about how you want to utilize your morning and how that can set up potentially the rest of your day. And we might have some more flexibility now um, with some of those fewer demands on our time, at least the early part of the day. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. I think sometimes for people who have insomnia, the idea is flipped, right? It's like, how can I 
force more sleep or get more sleep and hack and manage more sleep so that I can feel better and live my life. But really, you're saying we ought to just live our lives to the fullest and the sleep will follow. Right. And it can be really difficult to sort of put that blind faith in it that sleep will fill in. And so oftentimes in sleep, we just look at sort of how are we utilizing sleep? Are we listening to our body's kind of natural tendencies to go to sleep at certain times or to sleep until certain times? Or are we trying to force it, right? Kind of a square peg, round hole situation. And if that's the case, just listening to our, our bodies and trying to sort of make sure that we are, you know, going with what the, the rhythm's telling us, but then also probably trying not to, to force sleep to happen because, you know, sleep is, is like a cat in a lot of ways. Wants to be left alone, doesn't want you chasing it around. It'll come find you if it wants food or if it wants to be pet. Sleep's this natural process that if we chase, oftentimes it, it becomes elusive and it runs away. And so if we're trying to force sleep to happen, oftentimes we, uh, we may have the opposite effect. I think the cat analogy is my new favorite sleep metaphor, and I'm going to steal it. I'm sorry, but that's perfect. Yeah, just like you say, sleep is one of those things that doesn't reward you chasing it or doesn't reward hard work necessarily. And it but, you know, it will come to you. It does like you. It does actually enjoy hanging out with you. You just can't force it. Another important thing to think, though, is if we're going to allow sleep to happen naturally, it has to happen under the right circumstances. And that sort of harkens back to the idea of, of stress, right? Making sure that we're taking it a time to manage stress and really, you know, get it all out of our system. Because if we're waiting, if we're feeling perpetually stressed, and waiting for sleep to happen, it may not happen as readily. And so also making sure that we're doing those sort of self-care activities to de-stress, um, to take the time so it can actually happen the way we want it to. Yeah, you're right. Stress is that overriding button, like you said earlier, where even if you do want to sleep and your body does feel tired and sleepy and wants to sleep, too much stress can override that. So what are your favorite, maybe let's just do one or two of your favorite tips for managing stress on a day-to-day basis? Sure. Well, number one is to find a time during the day to get it all out of your system, to just sort of stare stress in the face, right? And to spend some time focusing on those things that are contributing to why you feel so stressed in the first place. So take time to plan, sit down, go to a place that's not a place where you enjoy or relaxing, but find, you know, kind of a workplace. Maybe it's, it's your office, your desk, or maybe it's just your dining room table and sit down and have maybe a notebook or you can record a, a voicemail to yourself and spend some time going over all of your worries, all of the things you have to do tomorrow that you're planning for. And, you know, spend some time kind of prioritizing what you want to address, because right now there's umpteenth different reasons why we feel stressed. And if we continue to sort of either allow them to just come and find us whenever they pop up, um, or we just try to spend time ignoring them, they won't ever go away. And a lot of the things that we find what we're stressed about are things that we can't necessarily solve right away, right? So those are things like, uh, you know, what, how's my family going to be next year, right? Um, and these sort of things that are in the future that we can't necessarily solve, especially not right before bed or as we're laying down to go to sleep. So spending some time during the day addressing this writing down or planning through kind of the things that are, are causing us uh, stressed and sort of knowing when to cut it off, 20, 30 minutes at the most. Um, and the other thing that I like to do is just to make sure that we are getting, and I go back to this physical activity, because we know that at the end of the day, sleep is this consequence of, of being active 
And if the one thing that we're, we're worried about is actually getting good sleep at night, making sure that we are sort of getting that, uh, that sweat out, right? And whether it's just being active, going for a walk, um, oftentimes this goes with sunshine, right? So getting outside when it's sunny, if it's not sunny, at least we're, you know, getting the, uh, the juices flowing, going for a walk, a bike ride. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, just, you know, playing catch out in the backyard, anything that's kind of got you on your feet and moving around, um, especially since we're spending so much time indoors. Those are two of my favorites as well. I'm so glad you brought those up in terms of psychological well-being, physical well-being. There's not really anything that's made worse by exercise, but pretty much everything gets better with exercise. So that's definitely something I really like as well. And the other thing um, that you described, do you call that the worry window or do you have a different name for it? I just call it, I mean, you know, I like the worry window. I think that's pretty uh, incredible. Um, I, I call it just like scheduled worry or planning time because I think for a lot of folks, it's not just the worrying that's taking place. It's actually like, I just need to spend some time planning out tomorrow because if I don't actually start thinking about that and planning ahead, right, I'm just reacting to whatever's going on. In a lot of ways, that's where, where sleep starts to, sleep issues start to develop is we're just constantly reacting and all of a sudden sleep is drifting further and further away from us because we haven't been really paying attention or allowing the right circumstances. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. I definitely have insomnia patients who say, you know, they, they're go, go, go all day. They're just trying to cram in activities and trying to get things done. And then by bedtime, they finally lay down, they take a deep breath, and then they start planning tomorrow. Their brain just starts mm -hmm. automatically churning lists and reviewing things they haven't done yet and thinking about that embarrassing thing they said, you know, last week to the other person and their mind just starts racing. And I think you're right. The thoughts that we don't address during the day, they're kind of like young children, right? They're, they're trying to grab our attention. They're tugging at our sleeve saying, pay attention to me. I need attention. But if we keep pushing them off and pushing them off and pushing them off until bedtime, when suddenly for the first time in the day, you have nothing else distracting you. You have nothing else that you can focus on. You're just in bed in the dark. Now the worries or the planning or whatever, the thoughts come out to play and they really now take over because they've been pent up all day. So we've got exercise. We've got setting a scheduled planning or worry time to reflect. We've got having a consistent morning get-up time, um, some time in the evening to wind down. Have I missed anything that you think is a really important takeaway? Well, and I think that, you know, it's important, especially with, uh, to, just to emphasize sunlight, right? Because sunlight is so critical in establishing consistent sort of sleep-wake patterns, but also just kind of a lot of our body's other natural, what we call circadian uh, rhythms, right? Those are things like digestion, physical activity, social, and it's really just a hard reset button. So it's critical for sleep, right? To make sure that our body knows when it's daytime and when it's nighttime so that sleep can happen when it's nighttime. Yeah, that's a super important one to remember as well. Um, thanks for ringing that up. Sunshine itself is such a, an easy reset, um, but one that's very critical. And again, as we mentioned, uh, crucial for establishing consistent sleep and wake patterns. So we covered a lot of good ground here. Any last parting words of wisdom or even just a glimmer of hope for people who are struggling with sleep during their, uh, the pandemic? Uh, I definitely think that sleep issues are probably more present now than, you know, they have been for some folks in the recent past, because this is one of the most stressful global experiences we've had in over 100 years. 
And if there are people out there, listeners, who are having issues with their sleep and it's been going on for a while and some of those basic things that we talked about aren't working, there are specialists like uh, myself and, and Dr. Wu to reach out to. Right. And so I would definitely encourage folks to ask whoever they are um, in their whoever in their healthcare sort of sphere they have contact with to see if they could meet with a sleep specialist to talk some more about this. That's a really good point. And by the way, our society's website has a directory of folks like you and me who specialize in behavioral sleep medicine. And so you can find that at behavioralsleep.org. And not only that, but our website has resources for learning more about sleep, more about insomnia, sleep apnea, nightmares, pandemic sleep problems. We have lots of resources. So thanks for mentioning that. That's great. Uh, I really appreciate your time. And I hope that we can get this information out to more people. And I hope that everyone can just start to sleep better because it's such a beautiful and wonderful thing that naturally happens, like you said. Yeah, sleep's kind of important, but at the end of the day, right, it will happen eventually. Yes, those are words of reassurance that I think many, many people need to hear. So thank you for saying those. Thank you so much for listening to The Savvy Psychologist. I hope that this conversation was helpful and also gave you a ray of hope if your sleep has been messed up by COVID. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I especially welcome all sorts of questions that you may have or thoughts you may have about sleep during the pandemic. You can find me on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm at Jade Wu PhD and also at QDT Savvy Psych. We can also keep in touch through the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg, and this episode was edited by Karen Hertzberg and Biara Santora. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again for joining me. I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.